Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Joe McGranahan. Thank you and good morning. Welcome on board On the Mark. I am Joe McGranahan. With me again today is Steve Kushaloff. Mark Lawrence is on vacation, will remain that way until uh, next Monday. I think he has the whole weekend off, too. So he's living large somewhere, uh, probably around his house, tending to his bees, which is something he does quite often. Did you know he was a beekeeper? You haven't even told people what my name is, Joe. I did. I said I'm here with Steve Kushelaw. Oh, you did? I didn't yeah. hear that. Yes. See, that's dangerous. That's the way you liberals are. You don't really listen to us conservatives. I listen to you <laughs> with one ear. And sometimes that's one ear too many. Well, sometimes it takes two ears to get what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. On the market, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at www.sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us at 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemark at wkok.com or text us at 70236. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915. Four streets in Sunbury, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Find out lots more about them at www.sunburymotors.com. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. They specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspection and nitrogen tires, uh, for tires, nitrogen for tires, and they're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. till 6 p.m. Saturday, 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. You can find them on the web at www.sunburymotors.com. Check out their online specials, and you can build a Ford, build a Ford car or truck to your specifications. Click on a coupon for the Fuel Saver Works package. And the Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, Kia, and Lincoln cars. They are the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks. And they are a master towing service with decades of experience. The Sunbury Motor Company, and our, we're just delighted to have them bring you this program this morning. And with me this morning on the line is District Attorney, Snyder County District Attorney Mike Piazzi. Mike, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you guys doing? We're hanging in. Uh, with me is Steve Kushaloff, and we thank you for taking time from your busy schedule this morning to talk to us. And, of course, we realize that in the double tragic double murder and then eventual uh, shooting of the um, perpetrator that it's an ongoing thing and you can't be too specific. So if we ask any question that's too specific, just give us a general answer, if you will. But I, I noticed we'll do. the newspaper article I saw and then the story that we ran here talked about the fact that this gun was rather unusual, and this is the first time you've seen this. Would you tell us a little bit about what's involved in that, how that worked? Well, it's basically a do-it-yourself kit. You can order pieces of a firearm online, have them delivered, uh, do some uh, milling work in order to make them uh, fully functional, assemble them, and then you have a firearm that has no serial number is not subject to background checks or any other um, any other laws or regulations affecting firearms. The Uniform Firearms Act that Pennsylvania enacted doesn't apply in terms of those protections, 
that the legislature has enacted. So it's uh, it, it's a, a very tricky thing. It's untraceable, um, and in certain cases, we have people who are absolutely disqualified from possessing a weapon who have access to weapons and no way for law enforcement to know about it. So it's not illegal? It is currently not illegal. The Attorney General in Pennsylvania um, is engaged in litigation right now. He issued guidance to the state police that they should be considered firearms. The Commonwealth Court uh, heard an appeal and issued a preliminary injunction. And my understanding is that litigation is ongoing. Well, let's talk a bit about how that relates to a PFA. Uh, supposedly, the person who gets the PFA against them is supposed to turn over their firearms. And that used to be to a friend. Now it is to a law enforcement agency, is it not? Correct. That's so, correct. How, did, how, did, how can they guarantee that the person doesn't have a, a firearm if there is no way to check on whether or not they do? Well, the reality is you can't. You can't. There, there are no guarantees in, in life, as in these types of cases. Um, the issue becomes the type of fence that we create around these individuals to prevent them from getting guns. Is it possible for them to go on the black market, travel somewhere, and purchase a handgun on the black market? Sure, that's possible. Uh, but it's a sure, uh, sure bit easier to go online and have it delivered to your house. Um, again, there is some milling work that's required to do it, but um, th there is no guarantee, especially with this uh, option available. Are the current PFAs working? I mean, this is obviously a tragic example. As, as I understand it, uh, this gentleman was told to pick up his PFA from the sheriff's office. Shouldn't they be served in, per in, in person, and, and are they strong enough? Do they really do the job they're intended to do? Uh, I don't know the details about how he was served, um, so and I wouldn't comment on it was just because again it, it is an ongoing investigation. Um, I do think PFAs serve their purpose. Um, they're not bulletproof shields, but in the vast majority of cases, they do create a buffer zone and a cooling off period for people who are in conflict. So in that regard, I think they're very effective. Uh, there are some individuals who don't believe that boundaries apply to them. Those are the ones that I consider the most dangerous. Could we do any more? I mean, for example, one of the things I thought about was that when you issue or get a PFA issued against you, that maybe a search warrant should be issued at the same time, allowing the police, if they have any reason to suspect that the person might not be truthful about just, um, you know, giving them all their firearms, that they would have a way to check on them, or in the alternative, that uh, some kind of a psychological examination be conducted to determine whether the person against whom the PFA was obtained actually does have homicidal or dangerous tendencies well um, there's always improvements we can make uh, I don't know how far we go or how effective psychological uh, exams especially compulsive um, compelled psychological exams would be for that type of situation um, that's it, an excellent question. Uh, I think that there's lots of ideas that could be considered, but again, I, I view most, the vast majority of PFAs to be rather successful because they do result in a cooling off and a buffer zone. Um, the vast majority of people um, 
respect them. It's the ones who have a pathological desire to ignore boundaries and insist that boundaries don't apply to them. Those are the ones that PFAs simply have no effect on. But, you know, laws against assault, threats, etc., they're... Well, what what percentage what, what percentage would you say of PFA orders are violated from your experience? Oh, I don't have those numbers. I haven't. I wouldn't be able to tell you even anecdotally because um, I don't. I don't. My office is not involved on the front end in terms of when PFAs are uh, sought or granted. Um, my office gets involved on the backside when there's allegations of, of violations, but we don't track um, on the front end. Hey Steve, do you have anything you want to ask? Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Uh, with respect to the intervention of an armed civilian in a situation like this, what are the laws around that? From uh, you know, Is it permitted? Are there only certain circumstances where it's permitted? Well, it, the, the same principles of self-defense apply in those uh, situations, whether it's self-defense or defense of others, where there is uh, an imminent threat um, of um, uh, presented by the, the actor, and that's what we had in this situation, obviously. Uh, we had an actor who um, was on scene with a firearm, having already shot two people, and so an individual coming out and neutralizing that threat is within the scope of uh, self-defense and defense of others. So there's no limit on how, uh, how far they may go. In other words, they're allowed to use deadly force in an instance like that. They are allowed to use deadly force in a situation like that, yes. Good morning. The, the only question I have is... Um if, if a woman, or for that matter, if a man does feel that their spouse, ex-spouse, presents a threat other than a restraining order, a PFA, uh, is there any, are there other steps that can be uh, taken to provide any kind of uh, protection or to, um, to ensure that there'll be some distance between the uh, two individuals? Well, I mean, first of all, the, uh, the way uh, my world works is I have to work with facts. Uh, there are many cases, I'm sure, where people feel threatened, but uh, as many people have gone and sought PFAs, if they tell the judge, I feel threatened, the judge is going to ask, well, what has happened? What has the actor done to make you feel that way? And those are the actions that we're focused on. Um, right now, the PFA is what we have. Um, if there are mental health issues and reasons why this person's in imminent danger to themselves or the community because of mental health issues, then we have procedures within the Mental Health Procedures Act that uh, allow for a 302 or a uh, short-term uh, mental health commitment for an evaluation. Um, but in terms of other steps, unless there's an actual crime committed, no, we don't have other options. Well, when they, when they go before a judge or a district justice to get this PFA issued on an emergency basis, how many facts do they have to present? In other words, does it have to be overwhelming? Can it be contested? Usually the person that gets the PFA isn't there, right? For the temporary PFAs, the, it's, um, it, it's just by themselves. The, uh, 
the other person, the defendant in it, is not there. Um, because I'm not involved on the front end of those, they're actually considered civil proceedings. So I'm not involved in them. I don't. I actually don't know what the uh, standard is for obtaining the PSA because I'm not involved in them. Gee, that's that's interesting. It's considered a civil proceeding, even if there is a past history yep. of violence and uh, criminal charges, perhaps. Well, there could be criminal charges as well, and we do uh, encourage uh, our law enforcement partners when uh, they are investigating, for example, an alleged violation of a PFA, to keep in mind that whatever was done to violate the PFA may constitute a crime, a separate crime in itself, and we want those crimes uh, to be charged appropriately. Um, because, again, the, the PFA is of somewhat limited value in those types of situations, since the maximum penalty is only six months. Uh, in terms of uh, on the front end, uh, we work closely with our partners at uh, Transitions in Lewisburg, who are uh, very knowledgeable and very helpful in terms of helping people on the front end of things uh, walk them through the process of getting a PFA and then other uh, personal protection steps up to including safe houses if necessary. And the children are always a concern in, 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 in an instance like this. Is there any special kind of things that should be done or are being done to protect children in a home where uh, there is this kind of potential for abuse? Well, yeah, there, there are several steps. Uh, one step that was taken recently by the legislature was to create a uh, sentencing enhancement uh, specifically for domestic violence situations where there are uh, children present when it happens. Um, also, in terms of our partners at Children of Youth, uh, we have Childline. If someone sees or has uh, reasonable cause to believe that neglect or abuse has happened or is happening, then they should call Childline and report it. Uh, and Children Youth can uh, start an investigation to make sure that uh, any children in the home are safe. And that, that is you know, the main priority is safety. Uh, second to that is accountability, but uh, and children and youth uh, are partners in making sure that home environments are safe environments for kids. Well, in this instance, it was alleged that the perpetrator had made threats in front of the children. And so from that standpoint, would that information have been readily available to the person issuing the uh, PFA? And would any would that enhance the severity, let's say, or the, the need for en enhanced protection for the victims? I'd have to refer that question to the sheriff's office. The sheriff's office is responsible in every county, is responsible for serving PFAs. Um, so I, I don't know the answer to that one. Fair enough. Well, let me ask you this. And Is the defendant in this instance still in the hospital, or has he been released? What can you say? Uh, to my knowledge, he is still hospitalized. And so the next step would yeah. be once he is uh, released from the hospital, he would be, uh, you've already arraigned him, so he would just be immediately uh, transferred to the jail? That's the assumption. Um, if he is medically cleared, then the next step would be to move him to the prison. Um, there are certain steps to make sure that the prison can uh, meet his medical needs. Um, there have been a few cases where we've had inmates whose condition was less than required hospitalization, but more than the uh, prison could offer. And there are some other steps, uh, other uh, options that uh, I'm not going to 
get into, okay, but there so. are other options to make sure that his uh, medical needs are met. Uh, his next step is in the criminal process is there's a preliminary hearing scheduled for Monday at 1 p.m. Uh, my understanding is the, that will be conducted by video if it happens, although at this stage, um, I believe that a order appointing counsel was issued yesterday. Um, so given that attorneys are just getting on the case less than a week before the prelim, um, I don't expect, I could be wrong, but I don't expect the prelim to happen. The most likely scenario is that it would get continued. Let me ask you this. In deciding whether or not to seek a capital case out of this or capital punishment, what kinds of things does a district attorney have to consider? And what kinds of things are you considering? Uh, it's a fair question, uh, although it's uh, premature. Um, Pennsylvania has uh, statutes that list the process for initiating capital cases and lists a number of aggravating circumstances that have to be present. And uh, in due time, we'll uh, work through the process of deciding whether this is going to be a capital case or not. But uh, we have some time to do that. Is there anything you'd like to say that we haven't asked you, Mike? Give you a closing statement well, or an open mic. I appreciate it. Um, this is just an awful tragedy for everyone involved and the community. Uh, I really want to thank um, all the folks who were uh, at the restaurant who jumped in to help, including uh, Mr. Sprinkle, obviously, who was able to uh, neutralize the threat of the actor. We don't know his intentions at the time uh, as he was moving back to his truck and you know, as awful, awful, awful beyond words that this was, um, it could have been worse if he had not been neutralized. Um, and there were a number of people on scene who offered medical assistance as uh, the first responders uh, were en route and, you know, that's a slice of humanity that um, just um, is encouraging when, when such a tragedy uh, happens to see that there's people willing to step up um, and offer their assistance. There's um, health uh, care professionals there uh, who stepped up, uh, sadly. Um, nothing could be done. It was just too much damage to save um, either of the victims. Um, yeah. This is the type of thing we'd like to think can't happen in our small town, uh, but the reality is it can. It happened here. It could happen again. We have to be vigilant and protective of our <laughs> friends and our neighbors. If we see something, say something. Um, and uh, again, I can't get into the facts of the case. Um, so with that, I'll, uh, I'll stop there. Well, thank you so much, Mike. We appreciate it. Keep up the great work you're doing as district attorney. Believe me, Take all care. of us in Snyder County appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Take care. Thank you. Bye. You take care, too. All right. Thank you. We were talking to District Attorney, Snyder County District Attorney Mike Piazzu, and we thank him for taking time out of his busy day to talk to us. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with a discussion of racism. Trade in and trade up at Sunbury Motors Kia. From 
now until the end of the month, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you more. That's right, more than your car is worth. Take advantage of Kia's first ever trade-in assist bonus cash. Get an extra $1,500 on 3rd Row 2020 Serenos. There's 22 available with savings up to $7,025. SMC has an extra $1,000 on the versatile 2020 Sportages. There's 27 available with savings up to $4,655. Plus an extra $1,000 on the stylish 2020 Kia Souls with 17 available and savings up to $44.24. The demand for quality pre-owned vehicles is at an all-time high. So stop in Sunbury Motors Kia for your upgrade today. Trade in, trade up at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Retail trade and assist applies for model year 2000 or newer Kia or competitive model. In recent days, staying connected has meant more than ever before. At Penteladata, we thank our frontline workers for giving us the hope that tomorrow will be better and for letting us do our part in keeping everyone connected with schools, families, and friends, even while being apart. As America slowly and carefully returns to work, we're here to help your business come back smarter, bigger, and better than before with a fiber network that will keep us all connected and move us forward. Penteladata Fiber Networks. Hey, Lisa, we need to talk. About what? Why are Caldwell Banker signs covering this entire area overnight? I'm not mad about it. I'm going to need an explanation. Ah, yes. Caldwell Banker has launched a rebrand with the new North Star logo, and we are excited to be rolling out our new look in our local market. Wait. Do I need a new look? How about a mullet? Oh, please no. But now is an awesome time for sellers and buyers to jump on board with the stars of Cobalt Banker Pen 1 and find out how we can guide you home. Contact us at cobaltbankerpen1.com. Papa John's wanted to surprise people, so we put Shaquille O'Neal live on video screens inside pizza boxes. Let's listen. It's pizza time. Yes. 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 What are you doing in a box? This is my new shakaroni pizza. Extra cheese, extra pepperoni right to the edge. Biggest slices in Papa John's history. And it's bigger than pizza because $1 of each sale is donated to Papa John's Foundation for building community. Try the new shakaroni for just 12 bucks only at Papa John's. Offer good through 8 20 20 Prices and participation may vary. Call Papa John's in Sealands Grove at 570-743-7474. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but thought it would be too difficult? Then try Babbel. Babbel starts by teaching you words and phrases that gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations. So in 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking a new language in a few weeks. Babbel is built around real life. It teaches you practical conversations that you will actually use. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L. Hi, everybody. Steve Jones. Ah, the day before baseball officially returns. We'll talk about it. 3 to 5 News Radio 1070 WKOK. Welcome back to On the Walk. I'm Joe McGranahan with Steve Kushaloff. Yesterday, uh, at the very end of the program, we had two callers call in and uh, believe that another caller had said some things were extremely prejudiced. But in effect, I am, both Steve and I thought he was quoting, and we asked our producer, Rob Center, to uh, go back and pull that uh, recording from there. And Rob uh, has listened to it carefully, and Rob, you are uh, of the same opinion that we were, that he was quoting someone. Is That's that right? what I thought, too. There was a little bit of a distortion uh, at the point where he said that he was quoting, and so I think if you weren't paying close attention, you might have missed it. Can you run that for us so we I, can hear it? I can indeed. Okay. There are one, though, that uh, is really, really true, and that was for Harry Truman. Um, I think one man is just as good as another, so long as he's not an N-word or a Chinaman. 
Uncle Will says that the Lord made a white man from dust, a N-worder from mud, and then he threw up what was left, and it came down to Chinaman. Who's Uncle Will? You're talking about Will Rogers? No, that's... See, he would... um, Who's Uncle Will? That was my question. That was um, Harry Truman's uncle. The guy that had the farm next to theirs, I think. What Harry Truman's uncle said is largely irrelevant today, don't you think? I agree with him, okay? He does hate Chinese and Japs, and so do I. It's race prejudice, I guess, but I am strongly of the opinion Negroes ought to be in Africa, yellow men in Asia. Well, that okay. was it right there. Right, and, and so my question interrupted him, and then it became less clear who he was talking about, but I was trying to define who this Uncle Uncle Earl or whatever his name was, Uncle Uncle Will, Will, who he was. And so when I interjected into there, you know, he was still quoting Uncle Will, but it sounded like he was now speaking for himself. Right. And, uh, you know, if you took a little bit of Lance's comments completely out of context, uh, for instance, where Lance says, uh, this is what he's this is what he says, and so do I. Now, if you right. take that out of context, it sounds like Lance is the one who's prejudiced. Right. No, but it's pretty. If you listen to the whole thing, it's pretty clear he was quoting Harry Truman and his Harry, uncle. And his Harry uncle. Truman said, "I agree with my uncle Will." Okay. All right, well, that surprises me because I never thought Harry Truman was that big of a racist. Well, I, you know, <laughs> back in those days, I mean, it's. Back in those days, stuff like that. Pretty much commonplace. Yeah, no, no argument. It, it's kind of commonplace. But, I mean, I think that, that you know, uh, Lance has called this program, and that was our caller, Lance, who was talking there, has called this program for many years. And I often disagree with him. I get on him from time to time because he's always talking about drunken driving, how bad Margaret Sanger is, and abortion. And those are his primary issues. But I've never heard Lance say anything derogatory about another human being. So that would have been entirely out of character for him. No. And he was quoting, and the quotes reprehensible though they are, are fair game on this program. Sure. Now, are we on any, is there any kind of a delay here? Yes, there is a seven-second delay, and if someone calls in and says something completely off the wall, I can cut them off here, or Mark, when he's here, and if we fail, our producer can also cut them off. Right. Okay. So, as a matter of fact, the other week there was a word that slipped by us that Mark and I were willing to let go, and our producer decided it should be cut, and he cut it. What was the word? Well, I can't say it because they'll cut me off again. <laughs> My finger's on the button. His okay. finger's on the button. Yeah, we don't say those words here. Yeah, I once uh, slipped. But let me tell you that the correct yeah. de- the definition of that word is a bundle of something. It usually sticks. Okay, so I think uh, it's a word that starts with F. Yes. Okay, that's enough. Let's move on. <laughs> so, in any event, I hope we've cleared that message up. And we have an email this morning from Drew Bingaman, who is the uh, chairman, I think he's still the chairman of the, uh, uh, pro- not the Progressive Party, but the, um, uh, <laughs> I'll get to the end here. It's an awfully long email. I'm sorry, unit Libertarian parties. Forgive me, Drew. I, I know what you do, but I just um, he said per, the the article was Perry County County voters to defy the governor will hold a protest to expand ballot choices. Residents of Perry County are not taking voter suppression lying down on Wednesday, July 22nd, from 3 to 7 p.m. Area voters are invited to a ballot access protest. Candidates for public office have been invited to speak with voters and collect ballot access signatures. This nonpartisan protest came following efforts by the Wolf administration and the Pennsylvania Democratic Party to keep candidates off the ballot. 
gee, voter suppression by the Democrats? Every year there is some level of silliness surrounding ballot access. Organizer Vincent Stoop said it's all voter suppression. These are candidates people want to see on the ballot. If these candidates are no threat, there should be no harm in their name being in front of the public. And don't turn it while I'm reading it. All right, we're going to take a break for the news, and we'll be back with On the Mark after the uh, 9 o'clock hour. This is WKOK in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. is CBS News on the Hour, your home for original reporting. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. A new U.S. coronavirus spike is punctuated by one of the deadliest days since May. More than a 1,000 people lost their lives from COVID-19 yesterday. Johnny Garcia is a funeral director in Hidalgo County, Texas. We normally do about maybe 6 to 10 funerals a month, and, and right now we're doing almost... 10 a week. Correspondent Maria Villarreal says one local official has gone against the governor's orders and issued his own stay-at-home rule. Hidalgo County Judge Richard Cortez says his mandate to keep people home was out of desperation. My job is, is to take care of the public health. I was seeing our people really not paying attention to the seriousness of the problem. But according to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Cortez's plan and others under consideration are not actually enforceable because statewide rules take precedent. The president is threatening to send federal troops into cities like Chicago, where police say 15 people were wounded last night in a drive-by shooting outside a funeral home. It's just unnatural that all this violence like we're literally in a war zone. Police say it was a targeted attack. Some of the intended victims fired back. One suspect is in custody. The U.S. has ordered Chinese officials to close their consulate in Houston a day after firefighters responded to the building. The fire department's Rui Lozano. There's been a lot of discussion about what is transpiring here, but any questions to the details and significance of this incident is being deferred to the State Department. The State Department says its order is in response to massive illegal spying and influence operations. China is promising retaliation. The British Foreign Secretary says the U.S. and Britain have agreed to update diplomatic immunity rules. It comes almost a year after the wife of an American diplomat fled the U.K. after she was involved in the death of a 19-year-old motorcycle driver. A top British royal has come out of retirement for one last official duty. CBS's Vicki Barker is in London. This was Prince Philip three years ago and his last official engagement before his retirement at 96. Today, the now 99-year-old royal consort was emerging from lockdown for a rare public appearance at Windsor Castle, where he's been self-isolating with the Queen since March. Philip formally handing over his role as Colonel-in-Chief of the Rifles Regiment to his daughter-in-law, Camilla, the Duchess of Cornwall. Mask up if you're headed out for lumber. The Home Depot has Tile's latest trends. Beginning today, you have to wear a face covering if you shop in Home Depot. Lowe says it will not enforce mask rules for the safety of employees who may be confronted by angry shoppers. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. The great thing about facts, they're proven. Like the fact that crude oil contains impurities. Or that base oil made from natural gas is 99.5% free of impurities. And the fact that Pennzoil is the first synthetic motor oil made from natural gas, not crude oil. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. 
The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Ask for it at Jiffy Lube. Sometimes our food is more than just food. It's an integral part of our community. So this year, Discover is giving $5 million to support black-owned restaurants. To places like Rodney Scott's Barbecue in Charleston. Post Office Pies in Birmingham. Back in the Day Bakery in Savannah and hundreds more places in your local community all across the country. Learn how you can show your support at discover.com. What is Happy 80th? CBS's Steve Futterman has the answer. This is Jeopardy! He is a legendary game show host. Alex Trebek has hosted Jeopardy! since 1984. His calm, cool, debonair style has made him a TV institution. The Archbishop of York is second in authority to the Archbishop of this in the Church of England. Nathan, what is Canterbury? Yeah. But since last year, Trebek has been waging a very public fight. This week, I was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. The cancer treatments have not been easy. Trebek says if the next round of treatments don't improve his health, he will probably stop. Last year, he talked about dying. If it happens, it happens. And why should I be afraid of it? American tourists no longer welcome in the Bahamas because of rising COVID cases here. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-721-4880. That's 800-721-4880. 800-721-4880. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Joe McGranahan. Thank you and welcome back to On the Mark. I'm here with Steve Kushaloff today and we invite your calls the rest of the way. We're open phones, 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemark at wkok.com as two people have done and we'll get to their, those emails. Or text us at 70236. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury and Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel. Wharf. The Sunbury Motor Company sells 
Ford, Hyundai, Kia, and Lincoln cars. They are the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks, and they're a master towing service with decades of experience. Taking a look at the news headlines this morning, the Bloomsburg Fair is apologizing following heavy criticism of a controversial Facebook post where a man dressed as a woman poking fun at Pennsylvania Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine. The man was dressed uh, like that in a dunk tank at the Columbia Montour County Relief Carnival held over the weekend at the fairgrounds and the fair has said that the intention was to mimic Marilyn Monroe not Dr. Levine. So I guess anytime today where you put on a dress, a man puts on a dress, there's going to be some question about exactly who it is they are attempting to uh, Imitate. Memorialize or imitate, yeah, one way or the other. But the fair, the important thing here is the fair has apologized uh, for it. Hopefully they were not trying to insult Dr. Levine. We'll keep or, our fingers maybe crossed. maybe they were. Uh, well, I, I'd like to think the best of everybody. You choose well, to think the worst. I will, yeah, we'll debate <laughs> that too, Jim. Okay. An organized LGBTQ plus rally that was scheduled for Sunday in Mifflinburg was not given the approval to move forward by the borough council there. At Tuesday night's Mifflinburg council meeting, organizers asked for permission to hold the rally in the borough. Mayor David Cooney says he and the chief of police, Jeffrey Hafkenberg, met with the organizers earlier in the week. He says due to safety concerns, he told them he wasn't going to approve a permit for the event to be held at 4th and Chestnut Streets. Ann Coyne of Sealands Grove is one of the organizers that addressed council and says they spoke with PennDOT and were told they didn't need a permit unless they planned to shut down the road. A motion to deny the event died without a second. However, without a motion passed in favor of the event approval, the rally cannot take place. And a 36-year-old man is accused of raping or accused of raping four Penn State students over a seven-year period, and DNA from the victims led police to him. Jeffrey P. Fields of Port Matilda was charged with rape and other offenses on Tuesday and jailed without bail. Investigators say genealogical tools helped to connect Fields to the attacks that occurred between August 2010 and July 2017. They say Fields worked in state college during that period. Fields did not have a lawyer listed on court records. And that's the news that we have at this moment. And we'll get to the phones. We have two calls waiting. The first is Lance, who wants to defend himself, and quite rightly, Lance, you've got the Oh, floor. yeah, for sure. Well, you fellows did a very fine job of it. I really couldn't add anything more. But uh, what I'd like to talk about here is uh, Planned Parenthood is finally getting theirs. They have uh, decided to pull the Margaret Sanger Award, and they've acknowledged their uh, racist uh, past and present, apparently. There's some uh, black employees who were uh, treated very shabbily by them over the years, and uh, they're coming forward. So uh, I can't understand why we'd want to give uh, taxpayer money to a racist organization. Can you? Really? Well, that I, depends I, on your your definition of racist. I mean, they may have been founded by a racist, but that doesn't mean that they're racist. Apparently they are. Apparently these, uh, uh, wait, no, these uh, uh, folks that uh, were working for them that were black were treated treated pretty bad. And uh, the people who were doing the abortions, you know, thought they were doing the Lord's work by eliminating black people. So this could get pretty, pretty nasty. I sincerely hope it does. They deserve it. Okay, and, and and you're saying this is they've just done this. I didn't see this news article oh, no. that you're referring to. No, not not yet. I don't know when you will. 
but uh, it was on uh, well, it was on Breitbart last night. But you're not going to, uh, you know, how the uh, major news media is. It'll it will out. It will out, but it won't be uh, right but away. But what what will out? I mean, you're saying they've abandoned the Margaret Sanger Award. Yeah. And that's and something that will come out, or that has come out. Well, it should be out, but the major news networks aren't picking it up. That's for sure. They they don't want any uh, any of their fair-haired people, uh, you know, to look bad. Well, they're going to rename the building, you know, the Margaret Sanger Building. They said. Well, they had the lady on from Penn Parenthood. Lance. Here, this is from the New York Times. It does say Planned Parenthood of Greater New York will remove uh, Margaret Sanger's name from a Manhattan clinic because yeah. of because of her tie. Now this is from the New York Times, so so number one, it is uh, you know when you say that the quote mainstream media is not picking it up, they are. Uh, anyway, okay, let's get back to the story. They are going to remove Margaret Sanger's uh, name from the clinic because of her t- because of her ties to the eugenics. Movement now. Yeah. Uh, let's see uh, what it says about Margaret Sanger and and eugenics. It says here uh, she was a vocal supporter of the now discredited eugenics movement, which aimed to improve the human race through planned <laughs> breeding based on genetic traits. Okay, yeah, like that's, that's mm-hmm. bad. Okay, so uh, so number one, Lance, you're saying uh, Margaret Sanger had these bad bad points of view, and so we're saying that as a result, Planned Parenthood had these bad points of view. You're saying Planned Parenthood is racist. Now let me just take that a little bit further. Let's go back to yesterday, Lance. Yeah. You called with a quote from Harry Truman where he kind of agreed with his uncle's racist comments. Are you are you saying that Harry are you saying that Harry Truman number one was a racist? Are you saying that Harry Truman was a racist? Well he admitted it. He said he was. He said he agreed with it okay. He said he was a racist. He says Okay, well we we're about out of time. We got three other calls waiting well, just, so But my last question is this my last question is this. Are we now going to discredit Harry Truman's entire administration because of one racist well, incident? we're doing it to George Washington. Why don't we do it to Harry Truman, too? Well, that's a good, fair point. Thank you, Lance. I'm sorry we got to move along. But, you know, I don't think at the end, and I think people change. Even George Wallace changed at the end of his life. Harry Truman may well have been a racist or had racist feelings because they were prevalent in those times. They just considered them black people to be less than a, a white person back in the 30s and the 20s. You know that as well as I do. Right. And that doesn't mean people don't change. I, I don't know if Mag- Margaret Sanger ever redeemed herself, but Harry Truman certainly did. Sure. And uh, it doesn't, it, you know, nothing, it's hard, not very much is black and white. Let's face it. I agree. Although okay. to some of our callers it is, but well, I don't sure. think it is. And, you know, uh, we, can, it's, we can say till we're blue in the face, yeah, but that was the point of view way back then. Well, that doesn't make it right. No, but it doesn't make it wrong. And it makes it wrong in today's standards, but not wrong in the standards of the time. Yeah. Frank from Milton, you're on the mark this morning. How are we doing today? All right, and you? 
And you called for a reason, Frank. If you did, I'd like you to state it because we've got two other calls waiting. Oh yeah. Um, well, I called uh, because uh, last night um, I'm part of a, a part of if not us then who a community organization here in Middle Pennsylvania that's working along with I am a Legion and Green New Deal, um, along with a few other um, nonprofit organizations to hold um, a Mifflinburg Pride Rally um, this Sunday, uh, July 26th from 1 to 4. Um, and our location last night was denied. Um, and I just want to I want to go ahead and, and speak on a few things on that situation if I could. Okay, you're, you, can you get closer to your phone? You're breaking up a little bit, and it's hard to hear you on yeah. the air, okay? You hear me now? Now that's much better. Go ahead. Okay, so um, so basically um, our location was denied um, where we wanted to have the, the rally. It's a, we wanted to have it on Fourth and Chestnut in Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, um, exactly where If Not Us Then Who had their rally um, a few weeks back, which turned out to be an amazing, uplifting event. Um, Mayor Cooney has stated that regardless of where we wanted the event, he would not approve of where we wanted the event. Um, him and Chief Hackenberg told us to um, file the paperwork and submit to rent the park, um, to file, file the request to use the park for our rally. That notion was also denied. Um, and you can say that in the meeting it wasn't denied, but it wasn't approved. So at the end of the day, in my in my in my head, that, that's that's denied. Um, uh, last night they had a council meeting to vote on, on these things. Uh, we had informed them that we had four people that we needed to join the Zoom call and provided them with emails per their instructions before 4 p.m. And they still only let one of us in, as well as letting other unregistered individuals in the meeting after they did not let our full. Um, group of organizers um, I'm not sure why they did that, but they just let one of our representatives there when we had a lot to say uh, for the four of us. Um, another, another thing I, I would like to state, Mayor Cooney, um, Mayor David Cooney in Mifflinburg states that he regrets letting, if not us there who, bring our message to Mifflinburg because it shed a negative light on that community and they have had to deal with the repercussions the repercussions of letting us hold that event there. Um, but he's never dealt with any repercussions of being a minority. He's never dealt with any repercussions of being a, a member of the LGBTQI plus community, um, especially in this area. So, um, And the mayor says this after doing an interview with WNEP um, directly after our event, stating that the event was amazing and an uplifting event and had nothing but good, good things to say about our event. Um, until yesterday when he was talking down on our event um, for the most part. Okay, um, the, the stated reason for rejecting it was concerns about health issues, and the governor himself has imposed a ban on the number of people who can participate in outdoor events, and from what I've seen in the media, your outdoor event might well attract a larger crowd than the, that the governor will allow. So wouldn't you say Mayor Cooney was well within his rights to say, no, you can't hold it here under these circumstances today? If two months from now the virus is gone, and then he would deny you the permit, I'd say you have a valid argument, but right now, I think he's making sense and he's doing what the governor suggested. I mean, then why didn't what what was the why didn't he raise these concerns when we brought when we brought our rally there a few weeks ago? How many people were at that rally? And two weeks ago, the, two weeks ago, the governor's restrictions weren't in place. He he increased his restrictions since then. 
Yeah, but but they were still not allowed to have over 250 people at a gathering, and we had 600 people there. So why was that not a concern? I don't know, but I'm saying now the governor's oh, come exactly. out. The governor's come out again since then. Since your first rally, the governor's uh, come and out. I, under, I understand that, but he had, uh, he had he had he had things in place. But at, at the time of our rally, you can go ahead and look it up that there were uh, limits on the number of people to gather outside. And, and there was never an issue brought up about what okay. we did because we take the fullest precaution to make sure everybody wears masks, to make sure everybody's sanitized, and to make sure we're doing our best to make sure everyone's social distancing. We've had eight events to date with zero positive cases coming from any of our events. Okay. So, so I'm confused as to where the COVID, um, where, where that works into our events because we, we've never had a case from our events. Well, I mean, so, two, two weeks ago, I was allowed to go into the gym and take my mask off and work on the equipment. Now I've got to wear my mask the entire time. I mean, things have changed, and I suspect he's just trying to, uh, you know, uh, go with the governor's mandate for this time and place. But it, that doesn't mean it won't change. It means you may not be able to have your rally this weekend, but I don't think it means you can never have your rally. I mean, they didn't say get out of town and don't ever come back. I mean, I mean, hey man, you weren't on the per the, the private phone calls with us, so. Oh, um, no, but anyway, Frank, are you um, are you going to um, are you going to reapply to uh, hold your rally in Mifflinburg? Are reapply? You, are are you um, going to try again to hold a rally? At, you know, at least within the sir, next. Sir, my, my my thing is my thing is is. They're telling us we need a permit to use public sidewalks. They're telling us we need a permit to use the public parks. And they're telling us that we need a permit to use the public roads. Um, this, none of that is, is correct. Our constitutional right guarantees us freedom to assemble in any public space, which public roads, public sidewalks, and public parks okay, fall well under that scope. Then what are you complaining about? You're saying you have the right to hold the rally no matter what. So what's the issue? Why do you care uh, if they said? I, why do you care if they said no? If you say you have the right to do it anyway, because I'm concerned of why Maracuni and Chief Hackenberg talked good about our event, if not us, then whose event two weeks ago? But now they are talking about our event like we brought a negative light to their community. Well, I, they told us that. That's a separate they issue aside from whether or not you're permitted to have it. I mean, I'm focusing on your call, which you said you were concerned that you were denied the permit. If you're saying you don't need it, then what Mayor Cooney thinks or doesn't think about your organization and your rally is immaterial. You have the right, as you stated, to hold your rally. So what's the issue? I mean, I mean, you are saying as I stated, but that is not—is that not what the Constitution grants every citizen? Well, as I understand it, if the borough has has an ordinance that requires a permit for a public gathering, then they can enforce that ordinance. I don't know what okay. their ordinance. I don't know what ordinances they, they, they have. They have never presented an ordinance of that nature. Okay. Well, then, I, I don't know. Listen, we have three other callers on hold, so we have to move along. But I mean, if, if you're allowed to have your rally under the Constitution, I don't see any problem. Thanks for calling, though, Frank. We appreciate it. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We have got to take a quick break. We have two callers holding. We will be right back. Trade in and trade up at Sunbury Motors Kia. Kia. 
From now until the end of the month, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you more. That's right, more than your car is worth. Take advantage of Kia's first ever trade-in assist bonus cash. Get an extra $1,500 on 3rd Row 2020 Serenos. There's 22 available with savings up to $7,025. SMC has an extra $1,000 on the versatile 2020 Sportages. There's 27 available with savings up to $4,655. Plus an extra $1,000 on the stylish 2020 Kia Souls with 17 available and savings up to $44.24. The demand for quality pre-owned vehicles is at an all-time high. So stop in Sunbury Motors Kia for your upgrade today. Trade in, trade up at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Retail trade and assist applies for model year 2000 or newer Kia or competitive model. Did you know Susquehanna Life Magazine now has a companion podcast? Stay tuned to learn more. Hi, this is Erica Shames, publisher of Susquehanna Life Magazine. Peterson Toscano brings each issue of the magazine to life as host of the Susquehanna Life Out Loud podcast. It features his engaging interviews with people involved in the most compelling activities. In the summer's 2020 podcast, you'll learn about a group of women who are breaking ground with the growing fly fishing phenomenon. You'll also hear from Kendra Auker, CEO of Evangelical Community Hospital. She talks about the COVID-19 pandemic and what we can do to protect ourselves. Food lovers will learn about Kafka's restaurant in Loganton. They specialize in Georgian, Armenian, and Russian cuisine. Writer Glenn Rediff tells us about the Sunbury Sandwich Stroll. And from the Toscano Family Recipe Files, Peterson shares the incredibly delicious Mom's Homemade Raw Tomato Sauce. You'll hear all this and more in the latest episode of Susquehanna Life Out Loud. Find it at Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and at SusquehannaLife.com. Hi, this is Dave Moyer for the Benjamin T. Moyer Furniture Store in Sunbury. I would like to thank everyone for their support of our furniture store and other local family-owned businesses throughout this pandemic. We are blessed to be busier than ever this summer during what is traditionally a slower time in our industry. Why would we be busy? First, furniture is a good investment. Quality furniture purchased today can be enjoyed for many years and even sometimes passed down and enjoyed to the next generation. Secondly, trust. We are now in our 85th year of business and our customers know that we are proud to handle higher quality furniture, much of which is built by American craftspeople. Third, while our store may look small from the outside, we have over 22,000 square feet of display, showcasing a wide selection of styles. We sell furniture for every room in your home, as well as outdoor wicker and patio furniture. We are also proud to sell Schiffman two-sided mattresses. So stop in today and see how new furniture can bring enjoyment to you and your family for years to come. The Benjamin T. Moyer Furniture Store in Sunbury. Welcome, welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGrenham with Steve Kushaloff. We have three calls pending. We're going to start with Ron in Danville. Ron, you're on the mark. Hi, thank you for uh, giving me a chance to comment. I wanted to comment on the situation with uh, Dr. Levine and the, the Fireman's Carnival at the Bloomsburg Fair. Um, similar to the conversations earlier, I, I think that, um, you know, we're entering a, um, a phase of, like, witch hunting or McCarthyism when it comes to LGBTQ and racism. My honest opinion is that um, Dr. Levine is a man who decided to be a woman, and we have a man that dressed up as a woman at the fair to raise money. And um, I'd ask the question, if we had a woman who dressed up as Governor Wolf in that dunk tank, would we have the same criticism? 
probably that's my not. Question. Probably not. Uh, that's a fair. Que- that's a fair point. If you had a woman dressed up as Governor Wolf, would that be a, an issue? Um, Correct. So. Go ahead. I was just saying, I think that the difference is that Dr. Levine is a kind of a, a public person, and, you know, her situation is well known across the state. She's tried to do, I think, a good job as our health secretary. I haven't always agreed with every decision she's made, but I don't think that her personal life should be a subject of public ridicule uh, for no good reason. So if they attempted to ridicule her or her statement, her, her status in life, then I think they were wrong. But, you know, as far as a man dressing up like a woman, that's been a source of comedy and amusement in this country for years. I can remember when I went, was in high school, our teachers, male teachers, dressed up like women and did a Hawaiian luau at a, at a talent show, you know. And so I think that's been accepted over the years to do that. But the question here is that the post that came up on the Facebook page of the fair specifically mentioned Dr. Levine by name. So while they may not have made, they may have intended to have it be Marilyn Monroe, somebody obviously thought they were mocking Dr. Levine. And I think that's where the problem came from. And let me get to I ask, understand. If Dr. Levine, this point. This, I'll just throw this in, mix it up or muck it up a little more. Uh, let's say Dr. Levine was a uh, African-American. And so you had somebody uh, slap on some blackface and get in this dunk tank. Um, you saying that'd be perfectly okay also? I think that we have to be careful that we're not, we're not sacrificing the First Amendment right to free expression in place of a new form of McCarthyism or witch hunting, that anyone who, that anyone that, you know, does something for fun or anyone in history like George Washington or George Wallace or whoever um, is trying to be a racist or to hurt people. This was done at a carnival to raise money, and it sounds like they did well. But I think if I decide even to wear a woman's hat in, out in public, I should expect a certain amount of logical criticism or at least some weird looks. we got to have a little bit of thick skin okay. because if you dress up as a woman, you should expect a little bit of that criticism. And, again, I ask the question, if a woman dressed up as Governor Wolf, would we be in the same spot? Okay, and my, go, my, I think the answer is no. Things go in two directions. One of my neighbors, one of my neighbors talks about when he uh, was a working man, he's retired now, working in a factory, and you know, in our factory we had Italians and Irish and Jews, and we referred to each other by all of the derogatory nicknames, uh, for those nationalities, and nobody cared. So it was all in fun, your words. Well, you know what? I'm of a Jewish background. Now, you can tell me a Jewish joke, and you might mean it in fun. That does not mean I have to accept it in fun. So I'd really appreciate it if you don't tell me a Jewish joke. And if I was an African-American and you slap some black face on and you tell me you're doing it for fun, your words, as an African-American, I would say I, I would appreciate it if you would not slap that But what about those on. of us who don't mind those jokes? I'm Irish. I don't mind an Irish that's, joke. That's up to you. 
but, Joe, all that right. is up to that is your privilege not to mind it. But if but if you mind it, you mind yours. I'm standing there in the audience with you when they tell that Jewish joke, and you're standing there with me when they tell the Irish joke, and I don't mind, but you do. Yeah. Who's right? Who's wrong? Oh, I'm not even going to get into who's <laughs> right, who's wrong. All I'm saying is I don't want to hear it. But I think no. Ron's point is a fair one that if, if if a woman dressed up as Governor Wolf put a beard on and a mask and jumped in the and a suit and jumped in the jump uh, the dunk tank, there probably would have been no no problem. Okay. Had the fire company invited Dr. Levine there to and many celebrities do take part in dunk tanks. Had they invited Dr. Levine there and she chose to come to help raise money for volunteer firemen by being in the dunk tank, yes, would that have been a problem? Doc, you know, see, this is why. Nothing is in black and white. No, as we, I know. As I we agree. just said, Dr. Levine's uh, is a transgender, which is commonly known. So, Joe, you don't take an individual who is a transgender and uh, put them in a dunk tank and then tell me all we were trying to do was raise money. Uh, well, they know, said it was Marilyn Monroe they were in. Well, exactly. Exactly. You know, a and man, a man dressing as a woman is one thing. A man dressing as a woman, a woman whom we know is a transgender, but, but that, is but, something else. But you're missing my point. They're saying one thing, but the post that they put on Facebook said specifically it referred to Dr. Levine. So I think they're hoisted on their own petard with that regard. But, Ron, you make a good point, and thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Thank you. 1-800-795-9565. We've got time for another quick call before the break. Joseph from Milton, you're on the mark. I know. Every time I get on here, I think you guys are prejudiced against me. I only get about a minute to talk. No, I didn't say that. Uh, I just said before a break. I'm saying that before oh, okay. we take the next call, we're going to take well, you. I, so yes, go ahead. I wanted to comment on the LBJQXYZ community. And, you know, the Almighty loves everybody, and the Savior died for the whole world. And I was up to talk to Mr. Winter yesterday, and he was saying all the calls he gets, a lot of hate calls. And one woman called up and she said, that God made her that way. Well, I, I want to reach out to that woman and any in the LGBTQ community to show them that uh, if he made them that way, why would he condemn them for being that way? Okay, that's my question. Now, uh, I would have them look up Leviticus chapter 19, verse 22 through 30. And here's what it says. I'll just read a couple of them. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it's an abomination. Uh, and the land is defiled thereof, and do, I do visit the iniquities upon it, and the land vomit out her inhabitants. Uh, and then I'll just drop down here. For whosoever committeth these abominations, even that soul shall be cut off from among the people. So that's what the Almighty says about that. But what, well, about, the, what, about, the, what about the New people, Testament where Jesus talks about loving your neighbor as yourself and, and right, forgiveness? Right. Well, I want to go to the New Testament now, okay? And in Romans chapter 1, and you can read from uh, verse 24 to the end. It's not very many. I'll just read a couple here. Uh, Wherefore, also Yahweh gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts to these, these to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who exchanged the truth of Yahweh to a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than a creator who is blessed forever. For this cause Yahweh gave them up onto vile affection, for even a woman did uh, exchange the natural use for that which is against nature. And 
likewise also the man leaving the natural use of the woman burning in lust man one toward another man okay. with man working that which is unseemly okay well you and you've receiving made, you, in their south the recompense of their error which you, you made you made your point on but you know so where are you going with this I and just want to read one more verse here. well you know but we, we have other callers and I'm, I'm not trying to stop you but uh, we didn't call to hear you listen to read the Bible to us we were this is a discussion program well, why hey, do you here's think the that point he loves that woman but he didn't create her that way that's just her own lust and a man that's a homosexual, that's going after his own perverted lust. And they have to repent of that. And he'll forgive them, of course. Okay, but that's, you know, some people don't believe that. And does he well, I know they don't believe it, but I'm just trying to reach out to them to show them that they have been deceived by many false preachers in churches who go along with this, this lifestyle. And even this country. The word of Yahweh is above the Constitution of the United States of America. I got news for everybody. Yeah, but on the and, uh, but, but, but you begin by saying God loves God loves us all, gay, homosexual, whatever. God loves us all, and then you read a bunch of Bible verses that pretty much say gay and homosexual people are going to be punished, going to be cut off from mankind. Uh, which is it? Are they loved, hated? Are they going to a bad place? What's the story? No, no, no. Uh, he died for... He, the Scripture says that Yeshua the Messiah died for us while we were still sinners. We didn't, I didn't repent until I heard the gospel, and the, the word came to me that I had to repent and accept him as my personal Savior and repent of my sins. In other words, quit sinning. I was a thief. I was a liar. I was a whoremonger. I was an adulterer. You name it, that's what I was. But I cannot continue in that lifestyle. And that's, that's his love. Well, he doesn't okay. want people in heaven that are going to go against his will. And that's why we're supposed to be converted now. And, and you know, and granted, if I sin, and I, I, I do sin occasionally, I try not to, okay. but I've got to ask for repentance let me and ask, ask you this. forgiveness. Let me he ask you he this. will forgive me. Yeah. But Joseph, if I don't do that... Joseph, you're, you're talking well, about the Bible and what it says, and you're talking about a religious context. But let's say that we're living in the United States of America that has laws guaranteeing that people in the LGBTQ community can do what they want to do. They can have a rally. They can go out in public. They can have a pride parade. Oh, well, yeah. That, I, I agree. We allow that it, in this country. According to law and land, they have that right. They okay. have that right. So, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about, whether or not they have the right to exist. You oh, know. Yeah, well, they have in, in the law of the land, yes, but that is not the law of the Almighty who created them okay. and blessed us with this wonderful land that we have here and the freedoms that we have in this United States. Okay. And I can go into a whole a list of things with the founding fathers of this country where uh, 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence from 50 were Masons. Every general officer in George Washington Army was a master Mason, and that's a demonic cult. And these men were very demonic. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, Paul Revere, Samuel Adams, all of them. And I can back that well, up. Why aren't you out tearing down their statues then? <laughs> I don't. I don't go into that business. I tear them down with my words. Okay. I destroy them with the sword of the spirit. I cannot be involved in carnal warfare. All right. Well, we've got to take. You, we you actually wound up with six minutes today, so you got your time, and we've got to move on. We have to take a break, and we have two other well, calls pending. That. Thanks Thank for you. calling, yep. Joseph. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Email us at onthemarkwkok.com. The hot summer weather is upon us, so take the time to cool off on our air-conditioned stores. 
Hi, this is Justin Michaels of Surplus Outlet, and we're working hard to save you money on your groceries and much more. We know during the summer that you and your family are spending money on vacations and camps for the kids, and you need to stretch that grocery dollar even further. At Surplus Outlet, we stretch your dollars further every day. Who wants to turn on the oven when the temperatures and humidity are already rising outside? Stop in Surplus Outlet and get our fresh cold cuts from our deli department, or grab some salads from our cooler. The produce department is full of healthy choices at unbelievable low prices. Surplus Outlet has a great selection of items for on the grill and the condiments that go with them. Don't forget the paper products for your family gathering as well. Surplus Outlet, Route 11 Northumberland, Route 11 Berwick, and Route 15 Montgomery. Sign up for additional savings on our website or on Facebook. Do it today. At Surplus Outlet, we stretch your dollars further every day. Surplus Outlet, Northumberland, Berwick, and Montgomery. Ever walk into a bank and borrow money without paying interest? Me either. That's why I'm excited to announce 12 months 0% financing is back at Peters. Hi, it's Bart again. If your old appliance is giving you fits, come see us at Peters. We deliver and service what we sell. Always. No 800 numbers, no strangers to deal with, no hassle. Choose from GE, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, and more, including Speed Queen Home Laundry, the best built, best back washers and dryers on the market. Whatever your choice, buy it today and take a full year to pay, interest-free. If you don't know Peters, you should. Our family has been selling and servicing major appliances for 60 years. We are your local appliance experts. Come find out what makes us better. From washers to dryers, refrigerators and ranges, we can help with your appliance needs. And if your appliance ever breaks, just give us a call. Easy, great deals, good service, free delivery, and 0% financing. What more could you ask for? Peter's Home Appliance Center, Market Street, Sunbury. Financing with approved credit through Synchrony Bank. See salesperson for full details. This is Dr. Dunnigan from Shemokin Dam Health Center. If you suffer from muscle strain, chronic pain, or any other type of injury, we can help. We provide rehabilitation, interventional pain management, massage therapy, and chiropractic in our opioid-free multi-specialty center. We welcome new patients as we are dedicated to helping you become free of the limitations of pain, restoring pain-free function to your life. Call for your appointment, 570-743-4333. That's 570-743-4333. News and interviews from across the world and right here in the central Susquehanna Valley. Bridges out of poverty, what does that mean to Lewisburg? It's an opportunity to learn about our neighbors who are under-resourced. Because if we don't understand our neighbors, we tend to judge them. And once we start to judge people, I think we all know this, break down relationships. And we really can't move forward without those relationships. WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Hi everybody, Steve Jones. Ah, the day before baseball officially returns. We'll talk about it 3 to 5 News Radio 1070 WKOK. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan along with Steve Kushaloff. 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free hotline number. Email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Text us at 70236. Bob, you're on the mark. Yes, um, good morning, everyone. You know, I'd, I'd like to know where this racism stuff started. I mean, okay, my grandparents came from Germany, of course, and, and helped found this area. And, of course, there's different, you know, when you go to the coal regions, you know, there's the, uh, you know, Italians and different different groups and stuff. And maybe, maybe somebody applied for a job somewhere and didn't get accepted because they were not of that particular background. I mean, all this has to have, have started somewhere. Well, if you figure that out, you let us know, okay? Okay, all right, thank you. <laughs> Good luck. I don't think you're ever going to get that answer. Mike, from Millmont, you're on the mark. 
How you doing this morning? Hanging in there, buddy. How about you? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I've called to once again take exception to what Lance had to say. Excuse me for okay. that. What today? Uh, he, <laughs> he said that Harry Truman was a racist. Well, I think that was... Harry Truman, on July the 26th, 1948, completely signed an executive order to completely desegregate the, the military of the United States of America. Right, but before that, he did have... Is aware of that, I wonder? Yes, he is, and he mentioned that how, on the air. How do you know he's aware of that? Because he's mentioned it on the air. Oh, well, how is that racist? Well, it's not, but let's look at it this way. Lyndon Johnson was racist at one point in his life, and he changed. Harry Truman changed. Harry Truman always tried to do the right thing. But to say that he was a racist is fair. To say that he was one at the end of his life is not fair. Well, you made it sound like he goes down in history as a big-time racist for his entire life, and he wasn't. No, he wasn't. I agree with you completely. It doesn't sound like a guy to me that would pay much attention to the racist... Well, crap, I mean, but from some uncle to go that <laughs> he deseg desegregated the entire United States military. Right, he did indeed. Which was an incentive for black folks to to have a, a way to, to move up in our society, and and a reason for them to stay in the United States and not go back to Africa or whatever his uncle. Uh, Truman's uncle had to say about it. So I, I don't understand. I'm not getting that. Well, I mean, I'm with you, and I've said in this program many times, Harry Truman is one of my top five presidents. I think the five greatest presidents that we ever had. And he never passed the buck. He always stood up for what he believed in. You couldn't buy him. You couldn't buy him off. I right. mean, I have more respect and, for Harry Truman. One of his beliefs was that uh, he obviously didn't think too much of segregation, did he? Well, but, you know, he, he was a product of his time. Um, there's well, some great biographies. No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm giving him a compliment here. I know, but I'm, I'm saying that he was a product of his time. He started out as a road commissioner in Missouri. He worked very hard at that, you know, but he grew up in a rural area where people's attitudes toward minorities were, were typical for that period of time. So he grew up believing certain things, and he, he yeah, modified he his beliefs. And, got, and, and saw the light and the... How wrong he probably yeah, decided yeah. he was wrong about that. I would, I would think. He signed an executive order to desegregate the entire military of the United States of America. And the that military was significant. And the military was opposed to him doing it. You know, and he had the guts to fire General MacArthur when General MacArthur should have been fired. So yeah, and he also made a really hmm? uh, terrible decision to drop that bomb too. I mean, he he was involved in a, a lot of. Uh, well, you think he was kind wrong to drop the atomic... He all kinds of different levels, wasn't he? You think Harry Truman was wrong to drop the atomic bomb on Japan? I don't... You know, I, I could never figure that one out. I oh. mean, the reasons they give for doing it, I understand. But, hey, I mean, we're, he saved we're more concerned lives. all around the world about people with nuclear bombs, and it turns out we're the only ones that ever dropped we a nuclear a, bomb on somebody. You do realize what the estimates were for American lives that would have been lost yes, if I we do. had to invade yeah, I'm Japan. I'm aware of all that. Okay. I've really looked into that quite a bit, and that, that's a tough one for me. Not for me. I think I, he did the right thing. I think yeah, he, In the well, end, I think he so. saved... He's, in the end, he saved Japanese lives and American lives. And he brought the war to well, an end. a lot of Japanese to save Japanese lives, though. Well, I mean, women and children and everybody else. We didn't start the war, but we ended it. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> we ended it big. I just want everybody to know that, that I, I personally don't believe that uh, Harry Truman, based on his 
behavior, not what he says, but what he did on his action. I really don't think he uh, was a racist. I agree with you, Mike. I don't see how he could have been. I agree with you. Thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Right. We end an agreement today. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Our toll-free lines are open right now, so give us a call. One of our texters says, Good morning. Your caller against gays are making more are making more turn atheists. Oh, okay, I see what he's saying. Your caller against gays are making more people turn into atheists. You buy that, Steve? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I remember once, I, I, about five minutes ago, I was talking about how being of a Jewish background, if I hear uh, jokes that could be considered anti-Semitic, I get a little upset. So here, I'll just tell you a quick story, and then I'm sure in the middle of it we'll go to a break, but I'll try to squeeze it in. So I'm sitting with my sister in a little uh, bar in uh, Washington, D.C., and I tell her a joke, and it could be considered, um, if not anti-Semitic, at least poking fun of people of the Jewish faith, which, as I said, I am, and I am, and my sister is. And I tell you, the the woman at the table in front of us overheard the joke and I saw and she turned around and made a comment basically you know was it a good comment so we invited her to come sit with us and we spent the rest of the evening together so I guess my point this whole issue about race about the LGBTQ community we we all look for easy simple answers and it just is not. Well, you know, we're, while you were talking to the fellow, to Mike from Nolmont, I was looking up Harvard University. Uh, Harvard has a pretty good reputation, wouldn't you say, Joe? Depends. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, <laughs> let's leave it at that. Anyway, because you're right. You know, you look at Harvard's uh, his history, there was a time when uh, Harvard... Uh, went out of its way to restrict the number of Jews who could attend there. Okay, so what are we going to do? Are we going to take away Harvard's accreditation as a university? Are we going to tell Harvard to change the name of the university? Are we going to tell Harvard they need to start paying reparations to Israel? Um, you know, w- with this whole question of racism, uh, we, we just all look for simple answers, and uh, and then worst of all, then we a- then we act on these simple answers. But the problem I see is that some people, you know, I could disagree with you, and, and unless I bring race or religion into it, you and I are probably going to say, all right, we just agree to disagree. But when you bring up, if you disagree with somebody in the LGBTQ community, all of a sudden you're a bigot, you're a racist, you know. Um, well, it depends what you're disagreeing on. Well, but I, I'm sorry, I think we throw the word around racist around if I agree with disagree with a black person I'm a racist must be a racist if I disagree with the LBGTQ community I'm a whatever if I disagree right. with a woman I'm a misogynist well I think you know instead of saying embracing our differences instead of being willing to talk to each other as you did with the lady who was upset about your joke we just like to write people off and give them an easy right. label that makes it easy for us to go on and say I'm morally superior because I support the LBGTQ community he doesn't he must be a racist. I think 
sometimes it's like the fella several callers ago who said, hey, sometimes we just do this stuff in fun. As I said at the time, it goes two ways. The person hearing it may not think that it's funny. Yeah, no argument. It does. Uh, so let me ask you a quick question. Well, you may, can you hold it till after we take the final break of the day? Because we're on schedule to do that. We have a caller pending and we'll be back with On the Mark. Trade in and trade up at Sunbury Motors Kia. From now until the end of the month, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you more. That's right, more than your car is worth. Take advantage of Kia's first ever trade-in assist bonus cash. Get an extra $1,500 on third row 2020 Serenos. There's 22 available with savings up to $7,025. SMC has an extra $1,000 on the versatile 2020 Sportages. There's 27 available with savings up to $4,655. Plus an extra $1,000 on the stylish 2020 Kia Soul with 17 available and savings up to 44.24. The demand for quality pre-owned vehicles is at an all-time high. So stop in Sunbury Motors Kia for your upgrade today. Trade in, trade up at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Retail trade and assist applies for model year 2000 or newer Kia or competitive model. Topahawken Mountain Spring Water is my go-to and I'm always on the go. I always have a bottle with me because not all water is the same. Topahawken is natural mountain spring water. It's so important in the summer to stay hydrated and I definitely feel more alert and energized when I drink up my share of Topahawken Mountain Spring Water. Topahawken Mountain Spring Water, Northumberland. Delivery to your home or office. Keep a bottle with you all the time. Topahawkenwater.com. Topahawken. Clean, clear water. Ugh, I'm exhausted. The virus, the economy. What next? And Donald Trump just makes it worse. Tweeting insults is not the answer. I read that on some days he tweets up to 200 times. Now, how long does that take? I don't know, but one paper said that was an average of a tweet every minute. No wonder he was slow in the pandemic and got started a month too late. He didn't listen to the experts, the doctors, CDC, or Dr. Fauci. He just called it a their new hoax. And the cases are still going up. Over 115,000 dead, and Trump still doesn't have a plan. Trump won't take responsibility. But we have those tweets, those lovely, lovely tweets. If you ask me, I think it's childish. Trump can't help himself. He just keeps making things worse. Call Donald Trump at 202-456-1111 and ask him to stop tweeting and make sure health care workers have supplies by passing the HEROES Act, H.R. 6800, now. Paid for by Future Majority, www.futuremajority.org. The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Carl Ravitch of ESPN. Somebody had to step up and be the adult in the room and recognize in order for baseball to come back, that this is what has to happen. I think there were owners that started to say, let's not do this. They're afraid of the coronavirus kicking up. So I think they did get pushed into it, but I think that ultimately he probably would have landed there anyway. The Steve Jones Show, three to five weekdays on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan with Steve Kushaloff, and Mark Lawrence is on vacation this week. Steve, you had a thought you were trying to make right before the break. Well, we were talking again about uh, what constitutes racism. Okay, so let's let's say we got let's say we have a governor. Let's say we have a governor who's got a beard, and somebody tossed this in, um, and so somebody goes on a dunk tank and they dress up with glasses and a beard and a beard and maybe even a fake bald head. And obviously they're trying to look 
like Governor Wolf. Okay, uh, my first question to you is, is that racist? Well, was it a woman or a man who did it? That was our caller's question. No, it doesn't. In, in my little example, it doesn't matter. All right, no, I okay, don't think it's, it's racist. racist. But I agree with you. If you put blackface on and you were trying to look like Dr. King, that would be considered racist. Right. And Rightly so, or wrongly, it would be considered right. racist. I mean, suppose we had a black governor and you wanted to... Uh, put somebody on a dunk, t dunk tank looking like the governor. Ask Governor Northam. He's tried that. Uh, yeah, but that was <laughs> that was a little different. I mean, the truth is, putting these public figures in a dunk tank, uh, I can see how that would raise money. Oh, you know, if you can put well, the governor, but. Well, I've, I've been at the events for the Sealands Grove High School Band where the band director, the great band director they have down there, he got in the dunk tank. Oh, sure, sure. You know, so I think it's one thing if you invite the person to take part in it. It's another thing if you mock them or make fun of them. And again, they right. may have intended this to be Marilyn Monroe, but the post that went up on the web, uh, web page didn't say Marilyn Monroe. Right. We have two callers pending. Dan, you're first. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. This could turn into a great day if we get race. There's some teaching out of the colleges and out of the high school. Could turn into a great day. The end of Darwinianism. Charles Darwin taught that there were favored races. We teach a concept of Darwin to this very day as science. And Darwin said the black race, his own teaching was there were only two-third human. And yet the concept of Darwin is still taught as science in high school, probably down lower than that in the elementary up through college as the main teaching. So this could be a happy day if we could get rid of teaching Darwinianism as fact, as science, because it's not. It's not science at all. It's myth. That's it's a according great myth. to you, that's according to you. There are many people who believe it is scientifically based. You can't prove one thing that's science. But you, but, but you know, Dan, you don't, you don't believe in carbon dating, so how am I going to argue that with you? I believe in carbon dating. But you don't believe anything's going to date more than 6,000 years old, do you? You can't. You, you have to take everything into consideration in carbon dating. If you take everything into consideration, it don't come out to six. It comes out closer to 6,000 years than it does to millions of years. I watched a documentary last night about sharks said they've been around for 35 million years. Yeah, that's, some, that's a myth. Oh, it's okay. A, it's a myth that you, ch you can choose to believe it or you can choose to go to science, science, real science, and the Holy Scripture, which is scientifically correct, <laughs> and learn the truth as I did when I turned age 24 I decided to seek truth rather than myth and okay. legend alright I'm and sorry we have another call pending and you're you you in three minutes have a great thank week. you Chris from Milton you get the final three go ahead oh I'm beginning to think Dan's a very stable genius 
What do you mean by that? <laughs> That's what Trump said he was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's neither but, stable uh, nor a genius. Yeah, yeah. The, the science doesn't start with the preconception of the Bible being true. Okay. Therefore, and uh, Darwin's racism had nothing to do with his theory of relativity, theory of uh, evolution. Yeah, while, while Dan was talking... It's a talking, separate issue, but uh, right. racism. I want to get to Harry Truman. Harry Truman and, and for that matter, uh, Darwin, show how deeply ingrained white racism is ingrained in our culture and has been for centuries. And Truman came from a racist family, and he was raised in a racist family, and his his parents and grandparents were great Southern sympathizers, and they came from Kentucky and were slave owners. Hmm. So it's no surprising that he believed these things and was raised that way. And what is great about him is that he overcame it. And he was actually kind of a semi-corrupt, go-along-with-the-corrupt-crowd state politician. No, he was never corrupt. Well, he was, all the, his people who appointed him were corrupt. Yes, I won't argue that. He was a product of he was a product of he was a product of Boss Pendergast. So that that alone would uh, indicate that he was at least familiar with corruption. We're out of time. Thanks so much for calling, Chris. Steve, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Our producer Rob Center did a great job as always. Thanks so much for listening to On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. This is WKOK Sunbury.